Well, we saved the best for last. At least that's what Pastor Kevin told me to say. So, no, it's his church. So we, can we give Kevin a thank you for opening this up, for the food, for everything? And we did save the best for last. And we have Dan Bushy, that's also, so that's awesome. And then my past, my favorite pastor, Dan Renner, is going to be sharing. So anyways, he's my pastor, so that's, he's my favorite. So anyways, anyways, let's, let's give Kevin another hand. This always happens. <laughs> well, and I also want to do a shout out to Jeff. Where's Jeff? He's, I know you're over right here. Jeff and his worship team. Don't you? Now, I led worship for several years, and it's the worst thing in the world when you can't get the right note. Hello? <laughs> so we were with you the whole time, okay? Make a joyful noise on the Lord. Also, would you give it up for our tech team? We have many that are back there. Uh, And a lot, a lot of times, the best-run things are the things that are never seen or thanked because these guys do a great job. So, and then, uh, well, just Tom, fantastic. Uh, Randy, where's Randy? So, yeah, just, you know, we, we've been known each other for a long time. How many years has it been? 40? Something like that. Robert, a lot of these guys. And we really never get to sit and be fed by them or by each other. It is so rich been so rich. And you know what I'm really loving about this conference is then uh, brothers coming up to follow up to that and lead us in, isn't that, hasn't that been great? I, I think every conference should be like that. What do you think? Are we voting? Yeah. So Dan Bushy, who I've known for a long time, we spent five months with him in Nepal with him and his wife, Christine, my wife and I, we were first married back in 1987. And ever since then, we've just had a uh, just a relationship together, and Dan is a guy that, uh, I, I said that to him, Dan, I'm just, that, that follow-up stuff, I'm just not, that response stuff, I'm not very good at that, but you're great at that. So he's going to come and follow up the things that we've heard all day, and, and by the way, too, just to be able to pray with each other. I mean, I pray with just three or four brothers here, and I, I, that's what I want to talk about with you this morning, uh, is prayer. But to pray for one another, to pray with each other is so encouraging. In fact, I wasn't here, I came early this morning, but I wasn't here for probably when guys started coming, maybe a half an hour. I started talking to Jake a little bit. And, uh, and as we're talking, I said to Jake, I said, you know, your pastor really appreciates you and appreciates all that you do. And I, I want to, I'm ahead on my notes a little bit here, but is it not the truth? In fact, uh, the the whole pandemic thing, it's like this twilight zone. It kind of came, and yet through, I'll tell you what happened for me through that pandemic more than anything else. We need to be encouraged. And just simple things are so encouraging. Just saying this to a brother, you're appreciated. Hearing that. So that's a lot of what I want to share about this morning, just in looking at this guy named Tychicus. He was a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. And, and I'll, I'll share that uh, in a moment. But here, uh, Paul had this relationship with Tychicus, with Timothy. He had these brothers in his life that he, Timothy, for example, was his son in the faith. And yet Timothy became 
his encouragement along with both, it goes both ways. So um, before I get too ahead of myself, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, we're there. I would like to just, if you would stand with me in honoring the word of God, I'd like to just read the passage that we've looked at all day this morning. And I tell my church all the time, whenever we read the Bible, whenever we hear the Bible, whenever we memorize the Bible, whenever we're thinking about the Bible, God is speaking to us. Just think of how powerful it is. Every time, it's his word. It's alive and powerful, sharp as any two-edged sword. It's able to divide between the thoughts and intents of our hearts. What else can do that? Nothing else. God does that. So every time that we read it, hear it, God is speaking to us. Every time. So what I like to do is load up Load us up with the Bible. <laughs> Let's load them up because these are the words of God to us. So here we are, Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up again the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith which, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here it is. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying, praying, praying. Being watchful to them with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, this is incredible. For me, Paul, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may, three times, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that, he, that you may know our affairs and that he, Tychicus, may comfort your hearts. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. In sincerity. Say it again. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ with sincerity? Amen. This word is for you. The grace and peace of God. So Lord, we open our minds right now in our hearts, by your Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that things that I've prepared, break them fresh, feed us, we are hungry. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, Lord, we're all, we're all ears. We want to be all heart, all in for you. And as Tom has been sharing, Randy, and in his follow-ups, just being all in, in the battle that we're in, we understand, Lord, it's a part of being a Christian. It's being a fellow soldier. And, Lord, we want to rise up as men of God, be done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve you, Lord, the King of kings. 
So until that day when you come, we want to be actively fighting this fight of faith. So bless this word now in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. You can be seated. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who was distressed because her brother set up a trap to catch sparrows. She prayed that the bird trap would fall apart. On one particular day, she was looking very happy and began to pray really hard for three days. Her faith was so without fault that her mother asked her, why are you so sure that your, your prayer will be answered? The girl smiled and said, I went out three days ago and kicked that trap to pieces. <laughs> and what that says to me is, which is indicative of my own life, I want to take it into my own hands. The problems, the tough things, I naturally am bent toward taking them into my own hands and trying to figure the thing out. I will say to you, my brothers in the Lord this morning, we need desperately to know how to cast all our cares upon him. <laughs> Why am I emotional? Because he cares for us. He loves us. He's the one that set the thing up, this prayer thing, whatever it is. God has instructed us to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain, what, mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses in Hebrews. So I just want to encourage you this morning. We have this, this thing called prayer in which God has told us when we pray believing, we will have answers to our prayers. You know, the, I find the problem with prayer is timing. I'm saying now, and God's saying no. <laughs> God's saying wait. So this thing called prayer, in Ephesians chapter 6, this picture of the Christian who's in warfare against Satan, and Paul wraps up with praying always. Praying always, with all prayer and supplication. Prayer, prayer, prayer. And then he says, with perseverance. In other words, stay at it. I don't know what your prayer, I want to talk a little bit more about that. I don't know what you, what you would, how you would define or, or sort of explain your prayer life. But I want to talk to you this morning about that. Because God's given that to us as a means of communicating to him the needs that we have. And he has promised to us and we, when we pray believing, when we pray according to his will, we have the petitions we've asked. What are you praying for today? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? As a believer, God knows those things. He knows what we need before we even ask him. He's wanting the fellowship with us in prayer to be the deciding factor. In fact, Pastor Chuck Smith taught me that many years ago, that prayer is a deciding factor. It makes a difference in how we go about life. So this, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. We are, brothers, we are, have this call to arms, call to battle. And it is a call to strength and valor, to courage and victory in the Lord. Prayer is the deciding factor. Prayer makes, the, makes a difference. In fact, we have a, we've had a prayer meeting at least once a, a, a week, ever since we started. 
call our hour of prayer. I want to say to you, that hour of prayer is my favorite hour of the week. You know why? Because when I go in there and pray with the people that are there, I know I'm doing business with God. I know that as feeble as I might feel, I might, there are times I don't want to go. <laughs> but being there and situated in with a few more people, and we're just praying. I know when I leave that prayer meeting, I've done business with God. And let me bring that down personally. When you sit in your room for five minutes and cry out to God, you're doing business with God. He hears that. He's saying to you, I'm there, I'm with you, I'm for you. Because I want to change your life. I want to transform how you go about this world. I want to give you peace that passes understanding. I want you to rise from that chair and rise from that meeting, knowing that I've listened to you, I've heard you, and you've done the best you can to talk to me, because that's what God's wanting. That's prayer. He wants to spend time with us, talk to us, hear the things that are on our minds and hearts. And not only does he want to hear them, he wants to answer them. And I'll tell you, one of the depth in prayer is when, it, when words become impossible. When you're just there groaning, you're just there, you don't know what to pray. And God is there. Underneath are the everlasting arms. That's our God. Our God is greater. Our God is higher. Our God is great. How's that go? I don't even know. If there's one thing that should convince us about the priority of prayer, it's that our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, prayed from the beginning to the very end. He prayed, he prayed, he prayed. He got away from everyone to pray. He got away to spend time. He spent all night in prayer before the decisions of making his decisions concerning who would be the apostles. The Son of God did that. And then we read at the end, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and being agony, he prayed even more earnestly. The Bible tells us it was such an intense time that his blood capillaries began to burst, and his sweat became full of blood. You talk about a battle that we will never be able to enter into the depths of which Jesus went to win it for us. He, in, with, it says vehement cries and tears in Hebrews. What was he doing? He was battling that final decisive battle in which he won victory over sin, Satan, and hell. In which he, he won over the, over the devil, the principalities, the powers, the darkness of the age, the spiritual. He won the victory completely and overwhelmingly in that time in the garden. The cross was the follow-up. He is, listen, he is the captain of our salvation. And he is the one who is bringing many sons to glory. Are you following the captain? Do you understand sons of glory? What Jesus accomplished in that garden and that we have responded to in prayer, our first prayer, really, the first real, is when we came to God in repentance and faith. And he gave to us this thing called salvation. And we became born again by the Spirit of God, children of God, sons of God, who are heirs of God. 
who have the guarantee of our inheritance until it purchased possession. We've been given these promises that are so incredible. Why? Because God sent his only son who went to the garden on that night and fought a battle for us that was a final victory battle. And we, as we, as we entered into that whole area, begin to look at this thing called life as something that needs prayer. We need to be talking to God. There's a song that has been on the top of my little worship list. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. As long as I'm able, I'm going to sing the goodness of God. He is faithful. He is good. And he's calling us. He's saying to us, pray. Spend time with me. Open up your heart to me. Pour out the things that are going on for you. And I will answer. I am hearing your prayers. So in this whole area, I want to encourage you in your praying. In a little short time. This is my simple encouragement. Stay at it. With all perseverance and supplication in the spirit. Stay at it. Whatever that might look, whatever that is for you, brother, stay at it. Pray. Spend time with God. Be talking to God. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote this. There's perhaps no aspect of the Christian life that so frequently raises problems in the people's minds as prayer. And it is right that such should be the case because prayer is, after all, the highest activity of the human soul. Every preacher will, I am sure, agree that preaching is comparatively simple as compared to with praying because when one is preaching, one is speaking to men. But when a man prays, he is speaking to God. The moment you take prayer seriously, he continues, you begin to learn his profound character. And that's what I hope to the Spirit will be communicating. It's profound. The simplicity of prayer. And yet what prayer is in my relationship with God. The moment you begin to face what really happens in prayer, you find inevitably that it is the profoundest activity in which you have ever engaged, unquote. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Gabling wrote, quote, to be much alone with God and commune with him is the strength of the Christian's life. And I would say, amen. It is the strength. Now, I want to note before you, in just these, how these two sections, if you will, tie together. In fact, Randy even asked me, am I doing verse 17 or C? <clears throat> You're doing it, but I'm going to overlap it because beginning in verse 18, it's a comma. But prayer does not stand alone. It's not a separate bullet point on the things I'm trying to accomplish. Prayer is a part of a threefold powerhouse, which is the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and prayer. So he says, my brother, be strong. And he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Randy, fantastic. You know, I'd never thought of the helmet protecting the brains, that God expects me to use my brain. That was just a great thought. That as a believer, 
My mind, my brain, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll go on. <laughs> the Spirit of God given to us when we were born again. The Word of God given to us when we were born again. And prayer, God's desire for all of us who are born again, who are soldiers in this battle. So we are brothers in arms, and these are our armor, but also our arsenal. The word of God, the spirit of God, and prayer. To war, to go to war without these is in a sense spiritual suicide, but it's also according, warring according to the flesh. We must understand and receive and thank God for the spirit of God, the word of God, and prayer. So I want to challenge a prevalent notion with you this morning. By the way, what time do I have till? Till three o'clock? Okay. <laughs> I'm all in. Who said that? You rise up. We're going to give you a giveaway. Twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Serious? Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. I'm going to do it a little differently. Dan's going to do it. But okay. I just. Yeah, here we go. I want to to challenge you with a prevalent notion. Maybe you've carried it yourself. I have. This notion goes something like this. I must not be very devoted to God because how little time I pray. Have you had that notion? Have you weighed the spirituality of your life according to that? I would suggest to you this morning, afternoon, That if prayer simply defined is communing with God, then you do pray as a believer. You do talk to God. You do desire him to be corresponding with you in the same manner. You may desire a closer communion with God, and I get that. You may desire a deeper intimacy with God. I get that. I know that. My heart longs for that a more focused intercession, a greater supplication. And these are all aspects of prayer. And they're longing in the, it's natural, supernaturally natural in the heart of a believer, a child of God. But prayer, as Brother Andrews titles it, is practicing the presence of God. Walking in communion with God, walking in communion with our Heavenly Father, that is the joy of praying without ceasing, talking to God. So how do we learn to pray? You know, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. I love this. Teach us to pray. You know what Jesus said to them? When you pray, say. We learn to pray when we pray. And every time we go to prayer, we grow in our relationship with God. Every time. So when I pray, I'm learning to pray. And what I've learned about prayer is it has this personal uh, difference every time. It's like you can't put your foot in the same stream. It's flowing. There's this relationship we have. And when I come to God on some days, I'm bummed out. I'm down and depressed. Other days, I'm all in. See, this relationship, this thing called prayer, is happening in your life as a believer. You are practicing, as it were, the presence of God, however feeble that may be. So Jesus said, when you pray, 
So I'm saying again to you, stay at it. Perseverance, supplication, prayer. Giving of thanks, it's prayer. Praise, prayer. So the encouragement I sense received from the Lord for us this, this afternoon, right here and now, is to make the move from being a prayer warrior to being a prayer warrior. In other words, to, let us stop worrying about how little we pray, how long we pray, how fervently we pray, or how deeply we pray. Instead, let's start and keep, let's just keep at it in talking to God, praying to God. There are times when God brings us to our knees and we can't but do that. When you're, when you're all the way down, you can only look up. And there are other times where we're floating around and seeing things seem fine. It seems to me my time in communion with God is less than when it's on the edge of a cliff. All of a sudden, God knows that. God leads in that. God allows that for you and for me. Where are you at today? Is there a cliff? Is there a chasm? Are there questions? I say to you, brother, stay at it in talking to God. Stay at it in praying and asking God. Keep your communion with God as the utmost, highest endeavor you'll ever have and talk to him about these things. You see, we wrestle against the devil's relentless assaults to discourage us, as Randy was just saying. And I've heard that before. His greatest weapon is to discourage us. To discourage us. You see, he knows, the devil knows that when I pray, when you pray, his schemes will be exposed. When I pray, his true colors will be seen. When I pray, his attacks become nullified. When I pray, his fiery darts are quenched. When I pray, his forces are defeated. Why? Because I'm such a great prayer? No. <laughs> because God is, in, is the one who is answering those prayers. God is the one who set it up for me to ask him. In fact, in the Old Testament, many times you say, if you just prayed, if you just came to me and prayed, I would have taken care of it for you. I would have done something in that. Again, for me, and I think for all of us, the greatest problem we have in prayer is timing. And again, I would say to you, stay at it. So what makes a prayer warrior? I would give you two to start out with. Number one, we're warring in the spirit. And secondly, we're warring by being watchful. That's what he says in verse 18. Praying always all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to stand with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. In other words, I'm thinking as a Christian. I'm thinking as in a family. And I'm talking to God about that. In Ephesians chapter 5, Seeing that, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming them. Get the big picture. Scan the battlefield. Because the time, the days are evil. Again, Randy, I appreciate it so much. The whole, e, the whole I, there's evil all around us. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the little what, and do not be drunk with wine in which is excess, but what? Be ye being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God. Perseverance, stay at it. Walk circumspectly, being watchful. In the realm of the Spirit, literally, is how they say, praying always for, praying with all prayer and supplication. In the realm of the Spirit, it's a spiritual exercise. 
to spiritual atmosphere, to spiritual domain that we're fighting in. Being watchful to send, that means to stay awake, be vigilant, be alert. In Colossians, Paul said, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And that is a huge, important part and aspect of our prayer lives, being thankful. Thanking God. It works wonders. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Being thankful with thanksgiving in all these things. Paul, Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion who... who the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may what? Not just make you feel bad. Devour. Swallow you up. So Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. Corinthians, this came up, this come up in your study, but I'm going to do it again. Obviously, the Lord is speaking to us. In 2 Corinthians, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not of the flesh, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. Now, there was a time a few years back, I'm going, what is a stronghold? You know what someone told me? It's a stronghold. <laughs> oh, wow. What an illumination. <laughs> you know, it's where the devil's got hold of something and a stronghold. And so he's saying, be mighty God for pulling down strongholds. Now notice, casting out arguments and every high thing exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ so that when you're ready to, you're ready to punish all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, this thing that's going on, this battle is a battle for the mind. What do you think? What are you filling your mind with? And it's a, it's a battle to keep us from obedience, to keep us from repentance. When you're disobedience, when, it, when that's taken care of, you punish all. In other words, I'm done. Walking contrary to the will of God. When it says there, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It's a battle for the mind. Warring and watchful against sin is a battle of the mind. Billy Sunday, you probably heard the name, said this, I'm against sin, I'll kick it as long as I've got a foot, and I'll fight it as long as I've got a fist. I'll butt it as long as I've got a head, I'll bite it as long as I've got a tooth, and when I'm old and fistless and tooth, footless and toothless, I'll gum it till I go home to glory, and it goes home in perdition, unquote. <laughs> Some of us get in a place where we know what it means to gum it. You know, it's interesting in Psalm 68, he says there, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Prayer. Listen. This has already been brought up again twice now. And I think it's right that it has. Because it is so important to listen to and hear. If you need to have a conversation with God about your sin, and your conversation needs to be one of repentance, God is not waiting for an appointment. He's not waiting. He's with you. And I would say, now, as some of you came forward, now, confess your sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin. 
So I would say that if that's the conversation as far as your time and your prayer life, have it with God like now. Don't wait. In fact, in 1 John, there he says, my little, after he says that, if we say we have not sinned, it says we make him a liar, his word is not in us, but, my, and then he says, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. Now, the interesting thing is he doesn't use but, he says and. So, these things I write to you that you may not sin, but if anyone says no, and if anyone says why, because we all sin. It's a problem. And yet this thing called prayer, this whole idea of communion with God, what God's wanting us to come to him with is our sin and confessing those things and getting those off the, off the table, off of, out of the way. I love that too, Tom. That was just a great illustration. <laughs> Isn't that great? He said he's going to put our sin as far as east is from the west. You know, they never meet. In the depths of the sea, you'll never find them. That's what happens in confession. So as we're talking about prayer, I think that's an important thing to, to, again, acknowledge. That some of our prayers to God are prayers of repentance. And getting things right with God. Notice now in Psalm 66, 18, he says, for I regard in my heart. But then he says, but, verse 19, here's the but. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away from me, nor his mercy from me. Come boldly to the throne of grace and we attain mercy. God is merciful, God. He's gracious. And so Paul wrote to Romans, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And here it is. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world shape you. The mind, don't let that happen. But be transformed by the reading of your mind. Now, this final thought then. Warring in the spirit, warring by being watchful, but then warring with a beloved brother. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I grew up in a family. I had four sisters and no brothers. Can you imagine that? I don't have to. This whole brother thing was not something I grew up with. Now, a lot of you have brothers. But Paul here, and in my relationships now, as a believer, and some of these, you brothers here are dear, very dear to me, and to war with you is victory. It's victory. It says, an utterance may be given to me, that first thing he says, pray for me. He wants to be prayed for. But then he talks about this guy named Tychicus, but you... You also may know my affairs, how I'm doing. Tychicus. Now listen to this. As far as Tychicus. So this, I won't give you all the scriptures, but it's all here. It's all there in the Bible. He entrusted the deliverer of this letter to this guy named Tychicus, and his name means fortunate. A beloved brother is a very fortunate thing. Tychicus was with Paul at the end of his third missionary journey and all the way to Jerusalem. Tychicus was with Paul in Rome during the first imprisonment. During the harder end of his life, but the harder times. Tychicus was with Paul between his first and second imprisonment. Tychicus was with Paul during his last imprisonment and martyrdom. Tychicus was there. Tychicus went out for Paul from Rome 
during the first imprisonment. He went out for Paul between his first and second imprisonment. He went out for Paul during his last imprisonment, and then he was there for his martyrdom. Legend has it that Tychicus himself died a martyr. He says, I've sent you that you may know that he may comfort your hearts. He was an amazing, faithful, and gentle friend. And you must know. Sorry. <laughs> Guys, you have to know. Paul loved Tychicus. Tychicus loved Paul. Paul sent him. He was there. He comes back. He's just with them. He's gone through the thick and thin of life with him. And Paul said, I'm going to send you that he may comfort your hearts. That you may know my heart and he may comfort your hearts. And it seems that Paul and Tychicus had transparency of trust and commitment. And many a community was blessed through their friendship. Is that really the right time? Okay. Dan, would you come up, Dan Bushy? He's going to be closing us out. And I'll just end with this last thought as you get yourself. The picture that comes to mind for me often in my own failures, in my own, oh, I'm going to, is Peter. And Jesus said to Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny you even know me three times. And Peter said, there's no way. I'm, I'm your man. <laughs> and Jesus said, that's what's going to happen, but I pray for you. And Jesus lifted him up, and I, if whatever's going on here today, and there's a lot that the Lord's doing, that I believe that the Lord wants to minister to you the same thing he ministered to Peter. He's our great intercessor. He's praying for us. He wants to lift you up, put you on solid ground again, and keep walking, keeping at it. Go ahead, Dan, take it from there.